And I like a quote from Sophia is like, she's literally like a bad review is death. And I'm like, that is how I feel if I ever get four stars instead of five stars. It is so devastating. (laughs) Hi, I'm Taylor. And I'm Maddie. And it's time for another episode of Sisters Who Posh. We are two sisters who recently joined the Poshmark app and are getting started on our reselling journey. We will be sharing our best tips and tricks along the way, as well as setting goals and updating our progress as we turn our hobby into profits. Hello, hello. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Sisters Who Posh. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different um, from our typical episodes, but we are going to be kind of reviewing the Netflix series Girl Boss. This is a series we both recently watched. It's just one season. I don't know why I'm saying series, but that kind of follows a reseller kind of starting their business. Yeah, yeah. It's based on a true story of Sofia Amoruso who is the founder of Nasty Gal, which started as an eBay store. But it all starts like right in the beginning of when she started it, when she was just flipping stuff from the thrift store on eBay. So it's really relevant to the reselling reseller life. Yes. And yeah, I believe she started her eBay store and then website back in the early 2000s, uh, around like 2006 and seven is when it started really blowing up. And then I think the series itself that we'll be reviewing came out a few years back. So not really a new show, but new to us. Yes. (laughs) And definitely relevant to our recent endeavors on Poshmark. Yeah. Even though it's set in like early 2000s, there's so many pieces that are like super relevant if you're a reseller. So we're just going to be talking about some of those like funny moments and like relatable things. Yes, for sure. That happened to her in the series. But before we get into all of that, how's it going this week? What's up? Yes. So for me this week, I've made some updates to my posh inventory. And as a true reseller, I've been searching on Facebook Marketplace to find a good deal. Of course. (laughs) On some some used furniture. But the newest edition I got this new, it's like kind of like a almost like a bookshelf, but then the bottom two shelves are like actually pull-out drawers that are pretty deep. So I'm really excited about that. That's gonna add a lot of space. I like I think we discussed on our first episode back this season. Um, I have like a designated posh office kind of situation now, but when when we first moved in, I bought these IKEA wardrobes, mm-hmm. and I never thought I would run out of space. So it's crazy that I already <laughs> like am having to expand. And I was like, when my husband helped me bring it in, and we were setting it up in here, he was even brainstorming. He's like, oh, like you could bring stuff into like the guest bedroom closet. We could even get more of these wardrobes and put them over here. We could put stuff in the garage. I'm like, wow, we're thinking big. (laughs) (laughs) But for now, I'm happy to just have the extra shelf. It looks like I can add a few more bins and should help alleviate some things again (laughs) at Posh HQ. I have almost 500 active listings now, which is crazy. So that is crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely fills up fast. And when you have the space, there's just nothing stopping you when you find a good deal at the thrift store, you know? Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. What is new with you this week? So I took your advice and 
went to a buy sell trade store this weekend in Dallas and yes oh like what have I been doing this whole time <laughs> it was so great it's I got honestly so the best things. I knew you would love it <laughs> yeah it was like the the clearance was like super discounted this weekend and so it was like almost getting like bins prices but like <laughs> way yeah. less work of like sorting through the things it was just really nice um going thrifting but not feeling overwhelmed like by the amount of stuff and the like disorganization and stuff like that but yeah I was able to find I I went on Friday night and then I went back again on Sunday I think I totally got like 20 items yeah which was really exciting um mostly like clearance items yeah, like you had said before, like the the full price items at buy sell trade can be a little pricey, but if you stick with the clearance section, yeah, like the full price, the full price is like the bulk of it. I think is a little too high price to flip. You can I still recommend looking through because yeah. then like sometimes there's like brands that sell for a lot more than whatever the price cap must be at Plato's Closet, but. Yeah that clearance like I feel like I feel like I went to Plato's Closet like last summer and I was like oh it's good like there's some good stuff there but I never like I feel like Mm -hmm. late we got to find out when these sales are happening all the time because this the clearance sale is like where it's at because like I know you and Macy went as well yeah you inspired us so we had to go on Saturday (laughs) after we saw all the stuff you got on Friday and ours they texted me they're like Saturday and Sunday only it's 90% off clearance which it's like that's like bins prices. Like even the stuff Literally. that was like marked like $15 or $18, like freaking move that decimal point over at $1.80. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So we both got a ton of stuff um, there on Saturday too. And it's, I know a few weeks ago I talked about how I checked out that Plato's Closet sale where all the clearance was $1. But by the time I got there, it was all picked over. But something worked out better for us this time where there was still a lot there. <laughs> yeah. I know. I want to go back again, but <laughs> love to see. Probably will. <laughs> yeah. One of the only items I paid like full price for at Plato's Closet this weekend was this pair of like vegan leather, faux leather pants. Yeah. Um, that I like happened to know the brand and like recognize it because I like found a sweater of that brand. It's like Wilfred that had sold like for a lot for me before. And I like looked up the comps for the leather pants and they were selling this week for like $100. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I'm, I'm excited. I don't normally like pay up for an item. Mostly just because yeah. I don't know enough brands to like. Well, that's <laughs> a good thing it. to do from Plato's Closet <laughs> is find them like pay up a little bit at Plato's Closet, but yeah. um, you can find those super good brands and then flip it for a lot more. Yeah. And when you exactly. think about it, it's kind of like I know I feel like I'm always hesitant to pay up too, especially like last year. I like never would have considered paying up for anything. <laughs> yeah. And but, like when you think about it, it's like okay, it would you rather buy like three things for like $5 each. And then let's say you have to wait like three months before like all three of them sell and Mm make a hundred dollars or like buy one thing for like 15 to $18, whatever. And then it just sells at one. You know what I mean? Like it's the same amount of money either way. Just like not thinking about it as like true, like the actual profit margin of it is like good, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
yeah it's something like I want to keep in mind as we learn like more brands and like especially when you find a good brand and it's like a current like cool style right now too yeah (laughs) like sometimes you got to jump at it (laughs) definitely Alrighty, that brings us to our next segment, our posh news update. Every week we give an update of what's going on in the Poshmark app, in the reseller community. Uh, just what are people talking about this week? So this week, we have a lot the- of news going on. Yeah, a little bit of a slow week, but we do have one update kind of sniffing out a new story, um, maybe breaking some news this week ourselves here on the Sister Suposh podcast. <laughs> but just something I've been noticing that I just kind of wanted to hear the listeners take on. But we, okay, so how it started is on Poshmark this week, I started noticing that I've had a lot of p- more people than usual comment on my listings asking if the item is still available, which seems like kind of weird because like if it's listed on my Poshmark it is available and seems kind of obvious I've never had anyone (laughs) ask me if things are available like in the past like this often this week I've had four different people kind of comment on one of my listings ask like is this item still available and then kind of go on for a, a paragraph about a bunch of other questions about it so I'm wondering if this is some type of scam because it just seems like a weird coincidence that four people have asked me yeah. if it's still available and then none of them have pulled the trigger on buying it, despite how desperate they sound in their messages to buy the item and make sure that it is still available. You know what I mean? Are there any like spelling errors or anything weird? Yeah. I'm just remembering back of remember when Macy had that scam. Yeah. It of, was like someone of... trying to email her and it was all like jumbled and stuff. Was there anything like that? Not really, like, not spelling errors, but, like, I clicked on this one. Okay, so someone commented today being, like, is this still available? I really want it, like, for this outfit I have in mind, blah, 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 blah. And then she even commented on her bundle, and she commented on the item, is it, if it's still available. And then she was trying to work out a deal with me, and then she wanted me to hold it for until tomorrow. So I guess we'll find out tomorrow if that's legit. <laughs> and, you know, maybe this is legit, and I'm being too too suspicious, but... I've just had a few people. It's just this never happens out of the blue. Yeah. And I had someone two days ago. Is this still available? How's the fit? I'm usually this size in this. Like, is it comparable to this brand? Just wondering these like work. And then I get back to them. I let them know it's still available. I try my best to answer the questions and then they ghost. So I'm not Mm. sure what the scam is (laughs) (laughs) or if they're just trolling me. (laughs) That's what I was just thinking of, like, so what are they getting out of it? Well, and okay, then this is where it gets really eerie to me, okay? Okay. So I clicked on some of their profiles, and it seems like they just created their account today. So. Okay, I have to tell you something. It's me. I'm just kidding. (gasps) A catfish? I'm just kidding. It's not me. Someone's been watching the new season of The Circle. (laughs) That would um, be funny if it was though. Yeah, and now let me check the one from two days ago and let me suss her out. Okay, she has like five thousand followers, so it doesn't seem like she's that new, and she has listings of her. Okay, okay, I might be on to nothing here. Okay, and if you but are keep one of us posted, yeah. So let us know. Has this happened to you? What do you do? What do you say back? I've just been being like, yes, it's still available. Like, feel free to make me an offer. 
I'd love to like whatever, blah, blah, blah. Seems like they're interested and then just slipping through my fingers, the sale. So crazy thoughts. No. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, me? <laughs> I've had it before where people give you a really long, like, explanation of questions or like why they need the item or something and then they seem super interested and then they disappear and it's like uh are you leaving that long of comments on like everything you like yeah it's just like the level of investment in them getting the item seemed high and then yeah it just i just don't know what to do yeah that's interesting but if they are new people um maybe they just aren't aware how poshmark works yeah and and like if you okay because you've been talking about facebook marketplace i was looking on there yesterday and i like found this rug and the automated response that facebook wants you to ask is is this still available so like maybe they are like facebook marketplace users oh and like that's like in their head is like checking if it's still available like yeah, because so, I, I send those nonstop on Facebook Marketplace. Or maybe they are people that, like, cross-list a lot, and they know that they're not good at deleting items when mm. it sells on another platform. So they are, like, assuming maybe that's the case for you, too, or something. Mm. So I don't All know. Right. We got to the know. bottom of it. Might be nothing. Might be nothing. Might be everything. Might be nothing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is we'll be back next week with some more hard-hitting news updates. Hopefully we'll have a better headline for you. But just wanted to keep it keep it real this week with some, yeah. some conspiracy theories. <laughs> for sure. All right. We posted on our Instagram last week asking for questions either on Instagram or in our email. So we wanted to take some time each episode and go over a listener question. Uh, Another new segment. We're just adding so many segments to the pod lately. (laughs) Uh, But so this will be our Q&A segment. Uh, So I'll start out with a question we got in our email. So this is a question from a listener. The question is, how do you handle lowball offers? As a buyer, I love to test my chances with sending lowball offers, but as a seller, I find them annoying at times. I always leave plenty of wiggle room for negotiations in my listing prices, but still don't want to take too much of a loss. What are your thoughts? So I feel like there's like two ways you could go with responding to offers that are like clearly you're not going to accept. You could either like do the like haggle back and forth a couple dollars here a couple dollars there like going back and forth Mm -hmm. which is what I tend to do or some people do this and I've only done this like once or twice of like sending them like the best offer that I could offer and then sending them a message being like this is my best offer like I can't go any lower just so you communicate with them like I'm not going to play this little game of like going back and forth. Like $17, $11, $16, $12. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Like I typically do that one or. Where you're um, saying you would just send like a $15 offer in that situation and be like, hey, I just sent you my lowest offer. Yeah. And just communicate to them that like this is the lowest I can go. So then they don't come back and be like $9. (laughs) Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah kind of end it yeah I think I kind of do a combination of those so normally people send me an, a lowball offer 
I'll just counter back once because sometimes they just buy it. Um, yeah. But and then if they send me like another lowball offer and I'm not really willing to go lower than that, that's when I would send the message. Mm. At that point, I'd be like, hey, just I would I would send my same offer back again. So let's say in that same situation, I have the item listed at like twenty five dollars, and they send me an eleven dollar offer, and then maybe I'd come down to like twenty, and then they go to like twelve dollars. And then I might just send them $20 again and then send them a message being like, hey, thanks so much for the offer. Right now, the lowest I can go is 20. Let me know if that works for you. Uh, I wouldn't recommend ever declining an offer, even though it feels tempting to do (laughs) when you get a lowball offer to be like, no, there's no way I'm accepting that. You always, I think, as a seller, want to keep the door open to a sale. So I, I would recommend just keep countering with your lowest offer, never actually decline. And I've had it too where people like someone will send me a lowball offer and then I'll respond with like, you know, what I can do. And then they'll write back to you and be like, I just found this for $5 and free shipping, which like is clearly fake, but whatever. Or like they're like (laughs) bragging about how they found it from someone else. And I always respond like, oh, that's awesome that you found a great deal. Like it's a little like. Yeah, I, I always do the same thing where I'm just like, oh, great. Glad you found a great deal. Just kind of yeah. end it there. And it's like, yeah, one of those where you're saying something positive, basically. Exactly. So that's yeah, that's yeah. what you want to do. It's very easy to start getting in a petty mood when you're going back and forth with the offers. But don't go into it. It's not worth it. And I, I think the, the person that asked this question said it perfectly. Like, I think when we're on the buyer's end, we all are trying to like get a good deal and test the limits with oh, seeing yeah. how lo- low you can go. So always just p- try to put yourself in their shoes. Even if a lowball offer might be annoying, they're just trying to get a good deal. They probably, they don't mean it any way personal. Counter with your lowest offer you can and a lot of don't budge on that. Accepting that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially I feel like once you start commenting with them, I feel like that makes it a little more personal. And then they're like, they're like, yeah, that was a little ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Another tip that I've used sometimes is let's say someone sends you, maybe it's not like a total love offer, but it's like lower than what you were kind of wanting for that item. And you're kind of wanting to counter, mm-hmm. but then you're not sure if that, if you counter, you're going to totally regret it and like Lose wish them. that you would have accepted it. Um, If you're not willing to lose them in that moment, like if you're countering, be willing to lose them in that moment because they might just never respond again. And one thing you can do is instead of actually making the counter offer, like in the actual offers, before you counter back, just send them a message and be like, hey, just got your offer. Would you be willing to meet me at this price in the middle or whatever, something like that. And then that way... If they don't say anything in two hours pass and you're like, oh, I wish I would have just accepted it. You still can. You can just accept the offer that they already sent rather than yeah. kind of totally countering and then kind of regretting it later. I've done that yeah. before too. Me too. Kind of the same vein. If it's a closet clear out day and someone sends me an offer that like is a little bit lower than what I would want to accept, I'll message them and just say like, hey, um, I could do like if they offered say like $15 or something and I could respond and be like hey could you do could you kind of split the difference and do 20 with 4.99 shipping today yeah that closet clear out so like you won't pay the shipping discount but it, it kind of ends up being basically the same price for them but you just kind of end up keeping more of it and 
a lot of times if you kind of explain that to them like without getting into too much like detail of like showing your work with the math and stuff but like <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, I, most people are willing to do that like it's just one extra step of um doing the closet clear out so that's yeah. something to keep in mind too if it happens to be one of those days hi guys this is maddie in the following episode we will be discussing the show girl boss there will be plenty of spoilers so if you haven't watched yet Feel free to pause this episode, go watch the entire season, and then come back and join the show. All right, here we go. So the main event of today's episode is going to be our review and recap of the Netflix series Girl Boss. So like we said at the top of the episode, Girl Boss is a series on Netflix. It's actually based on uh, an autobiography. Uh, written by Sofia Amoroso about her life, uh, which tells the story of how she started the company Nasty Gal, which is like a huge fashion company. Um, but she started it while she was working uh, at San Francisco's Academy of Arts as a like a safety guard. Mm-hmm. And um, it actually began as like a vintage store on eBay. So she would buy things at thrift stores and resell them on eBay. Uh, So you can kind of see the ties already of how that ties into what we are doing on Poshmark. Um, And because of that, I think we both really did like the show. Yeah. So first of all, Maddie, what did you think of the show overall? What did you think? How'd you like it? I really liked it. Going in, honestly, I didn't know it was only one season. So I was like invested. And then all of a sudden it was just over. And it was like, what? Like, what happens next? They leave you on such a like, high note of the show which is like awesome yeah I'm glad it didn't end on like a cliffhanger yeah it's like kind of resolved but like definitely could have been a season two like easy you want more yeah (laughs) yeah I think the especially like the first couple episodes like the main character is not really that likable she kind of has her moments where she like kind of calls herself out and like shows kind of like being more human I guess a better way to say that um she's just kind of like a little still, punky kid in the in the show yeah I'm like, kind of just like okay well I'm jerk. <laughs> yeah I'm like I would be annoyed of her too and like I feel bad for the dad <laughs> but overall I really liked it I feel like there was so many things like as a reseller or even just like going to thrift stores before that you just like can relate to and you just like feel like you're it's like an inside joke like with you but yeah I really liked it how about you? Yeah, I like loved it too, especially I feel like if I would have watched it a couple years ago, I would be like, oh, it's a cute show. I like it. But especially if you do anything with reselling, I feel like it's just really more relatable. I think it's a really good show. If you are in reselling, you should definitely give it a watch because there's just so many examples from this, the series where you're like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what happens <laughs> when, you're, yeah. when you're reselling. Um, I, when we were watching it, my husband kept coming in uh, during some parts of the episodes and he'd be like oh my gosh it's like like he was even noticing it's like exactly like what you deal with as a reseller I kind of like that it was set in a different time too like it wasn't set in like current day where it's like Poshmark and like iPhones yeah it was like so relatable but it's like she's on eBay and it's 2005 yeah on a desktop and like yeah. yeah that was actually one of the things that I like loved that they I liked that it was set in a different time. And I also liked, I feel like they did really good. Like, uh, what am I trying to say? They had like a lot of good nostalgic moments 
anyone that grew up during like the early 2000s, like they did a really good job of making it realistic and like making it, for example, at one point during one of the episodes, it's supposed to be like 2006 or 2005 or whatever. And all the characters are like watching the OC uh, season finale when Marissa Cooper died. Another spoiler alert, but that show's been aired for, for 15 like 15 years. years. So <laughs> if you missed it, you missed it. Sorry. Um, but I was like, oh my gosh, I remember, I think I would have been in middle school at that time. And I remember when that episode came out and watching it with my friends and we were like, shuck. So yeah. like, I thought that was hilarious. When she's like in her Microsoft Word document, She's like at one point trying to put together this business plan and that Microsoft office paperclip guy is yeah. on the screen. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's a throwback. I definitely remember him from like <laughs> <laughs> the early two thousands. So I think it was cool that they said it in that time. And I think they did a really good job of making it nostalgic to that time too. Yeah, for sure. So in the first episode, we see her get, her first item and she's super excited about it she like haggles with the the clerk and tells him off a little bit of how how good of an item it is basically and she gets home and I feel like we've all had this moment of like getting home and like wanting to list it like instantly yes (laughs) and she's like moving like or she stole this rug I guess and she like nails it to the wall she's like has like lamps like trying to get like the best lighting going which like if she listened to our podcast like don't photograph at night but (laughs) whatever and just like trying to get this like perfect picture she's like doing her makeup and her hair she's gonna like model the jacket all to get this one picture I'm pretty sure she only posted one picture on the on the original listing yeah and even like before that like I just remember I'm not sure how exactly how relatable it's going to be to us as like resellers and it's before she even started her own closet and she's literally like look she's like browsing eBay she must be into vintage uh clothes already and but she's like making like snide comments about other people's listings she's like oh my gosh they just took that they like literally threw that on the floor and took a picture of it or oh that this dress looks like it's laying in a dog bed I think she says about one of the items and I was like oh my gosh the importance of photography like that is and then when she gets her jacket yeah she has like a full photo shoot like definitely it's trying to like market the jacket like make it look really good for her listing which I thought was kind of what we try to do all the time in our closets right yeah another area on the show that they cover is sourcing after she does sell that first jacket, I think she bought it for like 10 bucks or something. And she ends up selling it for like over $600. Yeah. Then she's addicted, which I thought was relatable too. And she's like, I need to find more things yeah. <laughs> to sell. I, I thought it was funny. She like returns to like the same thrift store and she's like, again, she's like calling out the guy that works at the thrift store. And he, she's like, you've marked up all the good stuff. Like, too high for me to like flip it and it's like oh my gosh I feel like that's how I feel like goodwill when I find like made well <laughs> yeah they have it marked up to like twenty dollars and I'm like oh. she also from a eBay for dummies book gets the idea to go sourcing at like estate sales which yeah pretty good idea <laughs> I, got, I was dying when she was like trying to pick like the right estate sale to go to and yeah. she's like googling their name and she's like oh they're a dentist delete <laughs> or yeah she's like trying to get their like picture what they would look like and what their clothes would look like yeah she's like i need to find the most fashionable person that's having an estate sale yeah (laughs) and then the one that she goes to 
I just remember there was like someone that must have got there before her. It felt like when I went to Plato's Closet and that guy already bought everything. And it was like, um, <laughs> <laughs> she was like, she like had all the Chanel stuff like walk, waltzing out. There's like nothing left in the whole closet. So relatable. She's also just kind of throughout the season upcycling a lot of the pieces that she has. Like in the very beginning, like when she's trying to find new pieces to sell, she has one of her friends come over and like she gives her a bunch of her old like vintage clothes that she doesn't want anymore and she like tries on this dress and she's like oh it's like kind of from story not really sure yeah but like i don't see it and then she sophia like takes some scissors and like totally like redesigns it and when she's like coming up with the description it's so relatable too she's like i'm gonna call this boho vintage duster or something yeah (laughs) trying to get the boho gothic yeah (laughs) yeah searchable words in there but yeah it was like definitely different from what we do of like her like re redoing items or like even mending items um definitely a lot more yeah, she's more do. crafty than us for sure. As yeah. far as and having the vision of like seeing something vintage and being like, oh, you could like cut it in half and then wear it like this. Like Yeah. Um, but I know that a lot that is kind of a big thing in the reselling. Like there's people that have especially like I feel like on Etsy, that's yeah. like a big thing. Or I mean I did DIY those one pair of shorts, remember? So true. <laughs> so I mean basically same level. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then I like then she kind of gets in trouble with like the community like, yeah there's like that so the community <laughs> she's a part of it's like ebay and then there's like people that are selling vintage clothing on ebay and yeah. like the other vintage clothing sellers are like um they're like always in a chat yeah and they're they, they're so passionate about like preserving the like yeah the the vintage items and keeping them pristine and that is like not the style that like Sophia is going for she's remaking things to make them new yeah. but yeah I we got to talk about the um, chat room thing because I thought that was like hilarious in the series <laughs> <laughs> yeah so they like have they're like in a chat room which is so 90s early 2000s yeah and but like the visual of it rather than just like seeing the text on the screen is like a round table of all of them sitting there like as if they're in a meeting yeah <laughs> like discussing mostly they're like just mad at her is what most of the chat rooms are about but it's just funny like to hear people talk as if they're in a chat room but then they're like physically like <laughs> saying it yeah they like have fun with it too they have like a troll pop in every now and then and like (laughs) whatever you know what i mean like pop back out i don't know and the one there's like one girl that like anything she says and she's like i'm having a sale on my closet 50 percent off oh like (laughs) they're like click the link to check out my closet yeah it's like promoing yeah (laughs) yeah and they all have like hilarious usernames that are all like play on words with like vintage and it kind of reminded me like their chat room of like anytime that there's like a new update on Poshmark that the, the Poshmark users are not loving or like whenever there's drama in like the reselling community and people are like giving their take on their Instagram stories. It kind of yeah. reminded me of that, like the whole like chat room and like you can just tell it was a community just like that too. <laughs> definitely, definitely. One like big thing that like I feel like she likes before she even started her eBay store, 
she was like trying to figure out like the perfect name for it, which I understand because whenever you're starting something new, it's always like I, I remember like when we wanted to start this podcast, we were like, well, what should we call it? And we were like, yeah, I think of names forever. And then we obviously came up with just like Sister Suposh, very like simple. Yeah. Um, and I think that's very like, literal, <laughs> very, <laughs> very literal. And but like, I think I feel like it was like getting in the way of her almost to like come up with a name for it where she like yeah. wasn't starting her business because she couldn't think of a name. And I just wanted to say like, if you're thinking about starting something, don't worry about the name, like just start. And you can always change the name later if you think of something better, but like, it really doesn't matter if the name of something is. Yeah. Yeah. You can always rebrand it. So. Or you can just rock sisters who posh forever. Like <laughs> SWP. <laughs> yes. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. There's one episode where, I think this woman like buys a wedding dress from her and then she like comments back saying there's like a stain on it or something and she's going to send it back. And then Sophia gets the stain out, I think, but she has to get it delivered back obviously in time for the wedding. And it's just like whole, like just like the whole episode is her like trying to get it there on time basically um which is definitely relatable like when people message you saying like oh yeah I want to buy this I need it for like Halloween and then like Halloween's in like two days yeah (laughs) or like even when like okay if you haven't like shipped something out and Poshmark gives you the reminder being like you have to ship your last day ship are you gonna (laughs) ship it today and then like even sometimes when you do ship it and the, the tracking doesn't show up right away and then, like, the buyer is messaging you, like, when, I'm, hey, when am I going to get ship this? this soon? And you're like, I already did ship it. It's out of my <laughs> hands. Like, I don't know what else to do. Yeah. <laughs> so that was all really relatable. Um, yeah. Like, the shipping aspect and, like, the, like, physically getting the items there and, like, trying to get the um, the customer happy. Yeah, it's definitely dramatized more than like what yeah. actually happens. Like yeah. we're never like driving something <laughs> to yeah. like on someone's wedding day, but like I've definitely had people be like, "Oh, I'm buying this like for my bachelorette party, even if it's like ten days away or something. Can you ship this like right away?" And I'm always like, "Oh, I need to make sure I ship that right away so it gets there on time." Yeah. <laughs> kind of gives you that sense of urgency, feeling that you do feel as a reseller for sure. So. For sure. <laughs> also, the way they set up that episode, I'm like trying to think of what movie it's like, but it's like one of those where they like start at the end of the episode first and then kind of like flashback to how they got there and they're giving like, yeah. Uh, what movie is like that? Hold on, do you think it's like? I'm thinking of Vantage Point, but that's like a bunch of different <laughs> people's perspectives. This wasn't that intricate. But kind of, some, it's similar vibes. But I, there's like one where it's the same thing where it's like 10 hours until this happens. And then it's like shows like I mean, seven hours until this. I mean, the last season of How I Met Your Mother, but. Oh my gosh, yes. It's exactly like the last season of How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's even a wedding. And it's even a wedding. Wow. Inspired by. Inspired. <laughs> But yeah, I like the the way they set that up too. I also like one of the big reasons that she's like racing to get the wedding dress there in time is she's like terrified of getting a bad review because I think at that point so far she's only had positive reviews. Yeah. And I think the bride is even starting to threaten her like if it's not here on time, like I'm going to like let 
your buyers know in the review, <laughs> like something yeah. like that. And I like a quote from Sophia is like, she's literally like, a bad review is death. And I'm like, that is how I feel if I ever get four stars instead of five stars. It is so devastating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I, I even hate it more when they just like, if, if you get a four star review, not a five star review, anything. and there's no comment why. Yeah. And it's like, they're just like, couldn't put my finger on it, but. <laughs> I had to dock you. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, that was relatable for sure. Um, at one point too, she gets like deactivated from eBay. I can't remember if it's because of the other like vintage resellers, not. Yeah. So like, I think what happens, they, they gang up. On, so basically what it is, is I think in the terms agreement for eBay, you're not supposed to in your description of the listings have like a link to your own website. Um, uh, but all the vintage sellers at the time they they, I think in their like chat room, they were all even like, I know we all do this. So like, we can't really call her out for it. Cause we all have links to our websites too. Um, and I think it was something that eBay wasn't really cracking down on, but then when the Sophia started having success over the other vintage resellers, they kind of got jealous and they all removed that from their listings oh, yeah from their like bio or whatever and then basically all reported her for having her website in and then that made her get deactivated on ebay because technically it is a breach of the terms but it was one of the things that i think that ebay wasn't cracking down on yeah like most people were doing yeah so that leads her to just like make her website her full business and kind of like wraps up the whole season but that definitely reminded me of Mercari and Poshmark. Like, if you say, if you type the word, like, Mercari on Poshmark, like, you'll get a message from Poshmark being, like, do not use that forbidden word. <laughs> <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot make sales outside of this app. Like, da 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 Like, yeah, that's a breach of their term. So it's, like, you got to remember that because it would be devastating if, like, your closet got shut down. I know. That would be crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I've seen people like <laughs> message me being, because like um, because of the different seller fees on the different sites, sometimes people are like, would you be doing willing to make a deal on this other site? And they'll type out Mercari, but they'll have like, like spaces, spaces in, in it. it. Yeah. Or like replace like one of the letters with like a number. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that looks kind of like the letter or something. Yeah. Very code it's word. Like same vibe. <laughs> I had someone message me on Poshmark before they wanted to buy these jeans. Um, but they were in Canada and on Poshmark, you can only ship within uh, the United States if you're in the United States. So they were, they sent me one of those messages was like, are you on Depop 99? Nine? <laughs> 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 one of those where they're like, you're talking in code. <laughs> trying to be sneaky. Yeah. You do got to be careful with that though. Cause I would, it's just sometimes not worth it to get your yeah account taken down that would be terrible like it seemed like at this point in the show she had like a pretty like well-established yeah she had like a base of customers that she had and she was able to i think reach out to them she had connected with them i think on myspace another throwback to the early 2000s yeah. so she was kind of able to get the website up and running and have it still be a success but i'm like oh my gosh if my closet got taken down oh having to like redo all the pictures all the descriptions yeah that alone would be horrible so make sure you read the terms make sure you're not breaking any rules (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure one thing that i thought was like probably the most relatable thing was after she started her ebay store 
and she's starting to get more and more inventory from sourcing. Um, yeah. This is when she's still on eBay. It shows a lot of scenes of like her, I think she has like a studio apartment in San Francisco and her inventory is just like taking over. She has like totes and shelves and like rolling racks of clothes on them. At one point there's like a bad situation where a wine glass almost spills on something and like just all the chaos and how crowded it is. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's how I felt like yeah <laughs> when I started really outgrowing my space for my inventory it was like obviously again dramatized a little bit but definitely the the vibe was there <laughs> yeah for sure another great thing about the series is it's secretly like a star-studded cast um, seriously one thing when I was watching I couldn't place him but uh, as soon as I saw her dad I'm like oh he's familiar what do I know him from and it is Hank from Breaking Bad Walter White's brother-in-law, who is like a key part of the show Breaking Bad, he's the guy who plays Sophia's dad in the show. So that was kind of a cool moment. I'm trying to convince Maddie to watch Breaking Bad, but... Too scared. Too scared, but she's going to watch it eventually. But if you're a Breaking Bad fan, you want to keep up with Dean Norris, he is playing Sophia's dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the guy at the thrift store worker is... Yes. He's in community. He is, I think, the dean of the like community college. Oh, I was. He like, looked familiar too, but I couldn't place him. Is he also the guy in? Wait, he is in the 2005 film Sky High, DCOM, <laughs> oh. and he was Fenton on that 70s show. And yeah, um, RuPaul is like the neighbor randomly. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I did not realize that when I was watching the show, but yeah, it's for sure. That's RuPaul. Okay, this is like really obscure, but I'm pretty sure the thrift store guy is also maybe an obscure reference, but in How I Met Your Mother in like one of the first seasons they're having it's like new year's eve yeah and they're like trying to go to like all these different parties in one night and they're like in this limo and they roll down the window and they're like hey hey moby and like they think this guy is moby um like on the street yeah and it's not and he gets in the car and he like has a gun and they're all like wait what's going on that's him (laughs) that's this guy also. I'm like, I know. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Maddie's a big How I Met Your Mother fan, so she knows every extra. So Obscure. Obscure. Yeah. I'm really good at trivia, so. Yeah, you are. I'm just, like, reading. Um, So, like, the girl who plays Sophia, she, I guess, was the lead role in Tomorrowland, which I've never seen. But if you have, you'll know her from that. And she was also in A Dog's Purpose. Oh, really? Yeah. All we're saying here is that you might see some familiar faces if you watch the show. Um, let us know if we missed any. But yeah, it's a star-studded cast. K- kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it's a star-studded D-list cast. <laughs> so at the end of the series, she is like launching her website or like yes. relaunching her website and she like sets this goal of having 100 listings for like the launch night. And she's kind of, like, tracking it, trying to get to this 100 listings, which is so relatable. Um, I remember you at the beginning 
of our kind of Poshmark journey, you really wanted to get to like 200 listings. That was like a big like milestone. (laughs) Now it seems like so small because you're at like 500 (laughs) hitting those like specific numbers, just like super relatable. And um, it was like the ultimate like dropping soon. Yeah, because they were all going to go live for the launch. Yeah. And I think (laughs) she ends up like selling out on the first night which maybe that i don't know if that was dramatic i want that to happen to me yeah (laughs) yeah you said the other day this is not like relevant to the show but the other day you were just like isn't it weird that it's just possible that one day everything in your closet could sell at once just by like chance (laughs) (laughs) that would be like so funny seriously that'd just be like yeah the packaging would be just like i mean obviously it'd be amazing but it would just be like whoa i don't even know where to begin yeah (laughs) so any final thoughts from the show yeah i think overall really good show it's not really like anything else i've ever watched um i haven't really seen a lot of like scripted shows on reselling the only thing that comes to mind is like those like oh what's that show yeah yeah or something (laughs) comes to mind of like that's the only other reselling in the same vein but like yeah i can't really relate to that as much as this so yeah, it was kind of fun to like have a show that's about it specifically, but it is kind of niche. So I can also kind of see why yeah. it didn't get picked up for season two, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think especially like we've said, if you're, if you're in reselling, you should definitely give it a watch. It's hilarious. If you're like um, running your own closet to kind of see someone else starting their closet. And I think overall the show is well done. I think the only criticism is at the beginning and kind of throughout the Sophia in the show is just portrayed as just being that kind of just like some of the stuff she does. It's like, ah, it just makes me not like you very much. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, they just kind of paint her to... as like kind of like sassy and kind of marches to her own beat. But it's like a few of the times it's like, oh, you're not kind of rooting for her at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just like, where is this going? <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Pretty good show. I give it four or five stars. Yeah. <laughs> to go with the ratings. <laughs> four to five stars, no comment. Just kidding. <laughs> All right. So that brings us to our favorite segment our goals, goals update. Yes. So we're recording right now. It is the 26th. 26. So we still have through the end of the week here for the month of April. So where are you at for the month, Maddie? Yeah. So my goal for April is $500 in gross sales. I'm at 249 right now. Um, obviously behind pace, but <laughs> also I didn't do anything for about 10 days there. So like maybe I'm not as behind as I think. No, I don't I think... think it's still a good showing for starting the month so late and yeah. being in a new town and getting used to the thrifting and all of that. Yeah, I still have some items to list from this weekend too. So I'm hoping to get those up in the next couple of days too to hopefully get some quick flips before the end of the month. Yes. Right now I'm at $2,016 in sales. Which is pretty good. I still, my goal was 3000 so I would have to make another $1,000 in the next couple of days to make <laughs> it. Um, so that is not looking as likely, but still, I think, a really strong month. 
Um, For my other goal was listing 10 items per day. Uh, I did not do very good about this this last week. I feel like last week I had almost no new listings go up, which I think is another reason why my sales kind of slowed down from where they were when I was doing that earlier in the month. Yeah. Um, But... I did go to the Plato's Closet on Saturday, so that was a couple days ago here, uh, and loaded up on some new inventory after I was inspired by Maddie. Um, (laughs) And I took pictures of all of that, and I've had that. I'm using the dropping soon feature again, and I've had 10 listings go live that day, uh, Sunday, and then this morning, and then I have more listings that go live tomorrow morning too. Nice. and I still have a handful of things uh, to get listed from before that I've just had hanging around here. Um, so I think with that, that would kind of get me through middle of this week. We have some family coming into town this weekend for a visit. So I do want to try to get ahead of schedule to have some listings go live for when they're here. So that way it's still chugging along. Yeah. So I'll keep you guys posted on how that goes too. Uh this will be like the first time trying to like give myself like time off. Like kind of being yeah. on vacation, but like. Yeah. I don't want to fully take the time off because I feel like I'm just getting started. I want to like still give it a good effort, but yeah. I want to make sure that I have some free time while they're here. So I want to get ahead of the game on my listing and have some items like prepped and ready to drop for while they're here. That way I'm ahead of schedule. But overall, good month in April. Next week, we'll probably set some goals for May, which will be exciting to see where we end up there. Maddie will be back for a full month, and it'll be my second official month as a full-time reseller. Yes. Yo. I was kind of thinking um, how how I want to prep listings to have them uh, live for next week when we have company here. And I'm kind of feeling a little like Sophia when she was trying to get the 100 listings for her website launch. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, you need 100 listings before they get here. I'm like, okay, they're going to be here six days. That means I need 10 items per day. I need to get 60 things. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) That kind of wraps us up for this week. Um, If you have any questions, we are going to be doing question of the week. Um, send us a DM on Instagram or send us an email at sisterswhoposh at gmail.com. Yeah. Otherwise, thank you all for listening and we'll be back next week with another episode. Love you, Tay. Love you too. Bye. Bye. All right. So that brings us to our next segment. Maddie's not even co-signing this segment with me this week. <laughs> <laughs>